This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, September 16th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Speaking of crazy, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, dealing with a few technical issues this morning. As you can see, he's going handheld as we speak. But, uh, Tony, other than that, how you doing? I'm exhausted, tired, frustrated. Oh, Jesus. Morning. <laughs> uh, It'll get better. Like, I just woke up to a power outage. I don't even know where to stare at this thing. Uh, yeah, I woke up with a power outage, so I missed the alarm. <laughs> Got home after midnight last night, so um, I slept pretty good. I mean, which is nice because I went to sleep pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't work when you're late and then you're scrambling and your power's out. So, uh, But on a plus note, the Nuggets came back, right? That they did. Awesome stuff right there, man. De- uh, deficit uh, three to one again, both times in the in the opening round against the Jazz, and then no one thought we could beat the Clippers. And uh, well, they're unfortunately the butt end of a lot of jokes. But I hope <laughs> that we could do the same to the Lakers. I know they're tough with LeBron, but uh, it'd be nice to beat him. It'd be nice to finally get to our first uh, NBA Finals. But uh, happy to be back to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, which is only the fourth time in the history of the franchise. So uh, we got bounced by the Lakers uh, two of the other times and once <laughs> by the Supersonics in the 70s. So Well, hopefully that's not the case again this season. Uh, it should be a great series to watch. Um, not a big Lakers fan. In fact, uh, I'm a Clippers fan, so uh, you guys already beat my team. So uh, at this point, you just got to get through the Lakers. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I I. I agree. I'm, I know there's a lot of Lakers fans out there. I hate the Lakers. I've just <laughs> never been a big fan of them. Yeah, me neither. Well, folks, let's go ahead and kick off today's show as we do each and every day with a question from my co-host, Tony. It is no secret that uh, you've had your fair share of drunken mishaps and wan- <laughs> wandering off and uh, um, using the facilities in areas that aren't quite facilities. Aside from the ones that you've talked about, any other times come to mind that uh, a little off the rails for you? Uh, I don't remember which ones I've talked about on this show. There's been bushes I've talked to. There's been the time I threw my hand at a campfire. There's been the Vegas mystery. 
Uh, there's, did I ever say the uh, Sebastian Bach debacle? No, no. Let's go ahead and go with the, that one. The, the Sebastian Bach debacle. Bach debacle. Bach debacle. All right, so Sebastian Bach, uh, he uh, he was playing downtown Denver, and uh, I had left Thornton, uh, which down to Inglewood, which is probably about a 45-minute drive, but with traffic, it was a little over an hour. Well, for those that don't know me, I drink a lot of water. I drank a ton of water on the drive down there, um, and with being at work, going straight to this concert, well, I got there and man, I had to pee so flipping bad. Like I thought I was going to pee my pants. I mean, it was like, you know, that pain where you hold it so much, like you feel like you're going to explode. Oh yeah, It's so bad. What well, was to that point? And there was an alley and there's no one down this alley. Um, so I thought, um, so, so this alleyway, I go through it and then uh, I go behind a dumpster and I pee and out of nowhere, it was like, uh, four cops rolled out and, uh, yeah, I had to put my hands up, and I they had to like run my thing. Long story short, I was frightened. I thought I was gonna get arrested for indecent exposure, <laughs> even though I was behind a dumpster. And uh, yeah, they asked me if I was a juggalo. I'm not a juggalo. <laughs> um, he didn't know who Sebastian Bach was, but uh, nonetheless, he told me don't ever piss in his town again. Let me off with a warning, but I was legit frightened. Like, Ooh. if I had ever had to say I was scared in life, uh, I was afraid that time, for well, sure. You are lucky you got off with a warning, because it could have been so much worse for you. Oh, absolutely. All just to, to relieve myself uh, behind a dumpster. And I mean by peeing, not anything else. Well, that one might be on the level of this story. Actually, this story did, does take it over the edge. Well, admin worker Holly Hodges was enjoying a day in Weymouth Beach, Dorset, with her husband Craig. Oh, I know Holly. We're <laughs> friends. With her husband Craig, 32, and their seven-year-old daughter Lola when they noticed an odd behavior. Holly, 34, recorded the footage on September 6th and said, We were really shocked by what we saw. It was a really drunk gentleman on the beach being quite loud and weird. Then he slept on the beach, and he had sand all over his face, and he was stumbling around looking a bit lost, so I started recording. I thought he was going to do something funny, and then he just started urinating. After a while, I thought he was going to walk to the sea, but he just stopped right there. The footage shows the man staggering to a group he had nothing to do with and get down on all fours before moving, almost dancing, while trying to look under their towel. Put off by his antics, two women and a child quickly moved away. Holly continued, He was in full view. There were quite a few people who saw it. It was the talk of the town that day. There were children around, and people were shocked. Uh, I would imagine so. I had to take a double check on the picture to make sure it wasn't you, Tony. Luckily, it's not. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you've ever done it quite that publicly. No, no. Mine, at least, you know, was exactly like I said. It was what I thought was privately behind a dumpster where no one could see me. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> well, I've, I've not. No, let's just say I've never uh, I've never pissed in public since. So good. Good. Yeah, See, no. at least you learn your lesson. Well, folks, we uh, have yeah. a wonderful show lined up for you today. It is Wednesday. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump Day! Yeah! We have Animal Tales, as we do on Wednesday, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We have a, seg a segment called 27 Club. If you know what that is, you know where we're going with it. 
Our call-in topic today is underrated horror movies. We have relationship secrets. This day in history, and Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, September 16th. Now, we love interaction from you guys, the listeners and watchers, which is why we've set up the Phoenix Line, a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. That number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO, that's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, it's the second segment of this show, and Tony, who has regained power and is on his usual setup, is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, September 16th, and here's your Filippo Fast Five. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, they reboot 50 first dates for 2020. Just on her new daytime show, it's their 5,000th date. You haven't seen the little segment of him uh, playing Henry and her playing Lucy again and 10 Second Tom. It's great. It's a great (laughs) two-minute little skit. Fantastic. Uh, family of Carol Baskin, because I don't have my sound bite board, uh, missing. Uh, so the family of Carol Baskin's missing Carol Baskin. husband, Don, they aired a commercial during her Dancing with the Stars premiere. Literally really? right before she danced, they aired a commercial looking for her, the husband, and she got wind of it. So it's probably best if Carol Baskin goes back into hiding. She's getting roasted left and right. <laughs> uh, Madonna knows best as the pop icon will direct and co-wrote, will co-write her own biopic. Why not? She knows herself better than anybody else. More power to you. Jude Law reveals he welcomed his sixth child as he opens up about being able to nest. Now, this is his first child with his new wife as he has five others with in a previous relationship. And I was going to mention the nuggets in this, but I already did. So let's talk about breaking news like two hours ago, breaking news. Big 10 football to resume on October 24th. The Big Ten's coming back, which hopefully opens up the Mountain West and the Pac-12 and college football just come back. It's yeah, Pac-12's good, talking good Saturday maybe stuff, baby. Pac-12's talking maybe November. Yeah, hey, it's just good. I don't care if you you push it off a little bit. You come back, but uh, this is great news. And the and the reason for it is not is these kids that are going to college want to pursue this as their dream. They're able to get out there, showcase their skills and talent. It drives good revenue for these colleges. All is well in the world and the young. Uh, world of college sports but uh that is that news now let me uh, i gotta jump over to the next one sorry there's a few technical difficulties this morning obviously <laughs> um so uh we're going to the first entertainment news uh it looks like uh we're just gonna throw a dart at it here uh justice league's jason momoa defend uh he actually ended up calling out warner brothers and demands accountability 
Um, he said not only was there toxic and a hostile set during Josh Whedon's uh, Justice League reshoots, not Zack Snyder's. He had fun with Zack. Is Josh didn't have so much fun with Joss? It, I was going to say, is Josh the brother of Joss? Uh, Joss, Joss Whedon, yeah. Joss is, yeah, Josh Whedon was the evil one. Joss was the nice uh, one, or, or vice versa. And the yeah. only way you can tell them um, apart is by the goatee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he went up and he challenged them. He was also, the big thing why I picked this wasn't so much that he uh, called foul on recent news um, that he went to defend his uh, brother, Ray Fisher, who played uh, Cyborg in the movie. Um, he definitely said that this bleep has to stop and needs to be looked at and everybody else experienced all this bleep under the watch of WB Pictures. So he's fighting back. And then he came out and said, I think it's bleeped up that people released a fake Frosty announcement without my permission trying to distract. So he was really mad that they just said he was doing the Frosty, the snowman, when he said he was not. So Mm, uh, I don't know why they leaked that, but a lot of drama down in WB land. Yeah, I Uh, wonder how that's going to affect Aquaman, too. Yeah, I'm sure like the uh, money talks. I'm sure they'll sure they'll they'll hug it out. Um, Do you remember Don Bluth? Don Bluth. Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, Five will goes west. Uh, all dogs go to heaven. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Dragon's Lair. He did all those old school, old, old classic animation in the early eighties. Uh, I didn't know he was still around, but uh, he's back. He's uh, he inspired a generation of children with films, and uh, he has not been in the spotlight with many new films. However, it looks like that's about to change. In a time of 3D animation and various digital styles, Bluth has a dream to reignite another 2D animation renaissance. Rather than wait for the next great thing, he and his animation, Lavelle Lee, are stoking the flames with the new company, Don Bluth Studios. Promising to be very transparent, the company is planning to be interactive with its fans and keep everyone consistently updated on each step of their current projects through their official Facebook and Lavelle Lee's YouTube channel. The newest project, titled Bluth Fables, tells the story of nursery rhymes in storybook fashion and is going to be written, narrated, and drawn by Bluth himself. The new short will be completely free and made solely for the fans as the studio works towards bigger projects in the future. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments below. <laughs> Feel free to do that. I, I read it just like Ron Burgundy. I'm um, Ron but, Burgundy. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. So yeah, Don Bluth, man, uh, he had some real good classic stuff. Uh, I liked his animation style in the 80s. It definitely was distinctive. And I agree with him. You know, there's certainly a place for both 2D animation and 3D CGI. Uh, It doesn't have to be all CGI at this point. Yeah, I agree. It's it would be nice to get an old school 2D. And I know they're a lot harder to make, obviously. Um, Obviously, still can be done. You look at shows like Simpsons, Family Guy. Uh, South Park does a little different type of animation, but uh, <laughs> still, nonetheless, uh, it, it can be done. It's very neat. And it, like you said, it's something rare. Um, staying in the world of animation, uh, looks like oh boy, the mouse that started it all is getting new cartoons on Disney Plus later this year. On Monday, Disney announced that a new series of animated shorts starring the one and only Mickey Mouse will be arriving on the popular streaming service in November. On the day of the iconic character's birthday, Wednesday, November 18th, we will see the premiere of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. 
developed by the same Emmy-winning team that created the Disney Channel's Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts, so that um, very much more recent animation style Mm -hmm. um, that you've seen. The first day, we'll see the arrival of the first two shorts on Disney+. Nine days later, on November 27th, two additional shorts will be released. New shorts will be released every Friday with 10 total shorts to arrive in 2020. Um, There will be 10 additional shorts next year. Um, so that's actually pretty cool. You, you think they do more with their iconic Mickey mouse, but, uh, not so much lately, but, um, this is the same cartoon series that also inspired, uh, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway, uh, which opened at Disney world right before the pandemic started. Hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You know, those shorts that they put out a couple of years ago are, are hilarious. I mean, the humor is fantastic. The animation style is sort of this old school throwback, um, you know, you mentioned they don't use Mickey Mouse too often. I think it's because people just got overloaded with it. You know, when the boys were young, you know, it was Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Mickey Mouse everything, everywhere, and it was a little too much. So he went away for a little bit, came back with the shorts, which were funny. Glad to see they're continuing on with that. Yeah, I like that. It's definitely good to see the House of Mouse. Yep. Of course, they're going to use their iconic character somewhere. Um, staying in the way, the realm of Mickey... Uh, Disneyland and Universal Studios and other members of California's Attractions and Parks Association are urging California Governor Gavin Rosdale, it's not really Gavin Rosdale, Gavin Newsom to reopen theme parks across the state as soon as possible. In a statement released on Monday uh, by executive uh, by Kappa Executive Director Aaron Guerrero, the group revealed it's hoping to get residents back to work quickly in a safe manner. In addition to representing Disneyland, Universal Studios, the Sacramento-based organization represents Knott's Berry Farm, Six Flags Magic Mountain, SeaWorld, San Diego, Legoland, California, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, and California's Great America. All locations have been shuttered since March at Los Angeles and surrounding areas served as a hotbed for coronavirus activity. California's amusement parks urged the governor to issue amusement park guidelines Expedentially, so these uh, vital community attractions can reopen their doors in a responsible manner and get residents back to work. Uh, six months ago, the pa- the parks went down and they are struggling. Hundreds of millions of tax revenue that support critical local, state, and federal programs are lost, and local businesses rely on these amusement parks to continue to struggle. So they're still at a stalemate, but now everybody's really trying to get the ball going, seeing how well it's going in Florida. Um, they're doing it in small doses. And I think if you open back up, <clears throat> it's not a bad idea in the sense that a lot of people still are not ready to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Movie theaters are a great example of that. So I don't think it's a bad idea, even if you do limited hours, you know, slowly build it back up. But while bringing people back to work and bringing revenues back to your local uh, communities there. Yeah, and they were ready to open just a couple months ago. They had everybody lined up. They had protocols in place. And then, of course, the governor shut everything down again and uh, prevented that from happening. But, uh, you know, if if people do it responsibly, if people go out and do it the right way, there's no reason they can't. And uh, Florida just goes to prove that. Yeah, absolutely. And it just be safe. You don't feel good. Don't go out in public. Um but we could go on that all day long. We'll keep you updated. And I got one last little story. I'll make it a real quick one before we do birthdays. Right. Obviously, Apple's big event yesterday went off, and uh, it was kind of underwhelming. A um, couple of tidbits about it. Uh, 
they're going to be doing a new thing called the Apple One subscription, uh, which will have a new Fitness Plus workout service um, if you get the basic one. Uh, it's $14.95 a month. It includes an iCloud 50 gigabyte storage, Apple Music, Apple TV, and Apple Arcade. You can get a family subscription for $19.95, which includes 200 gigs of iCloud, uh, music, TV, and arcade. Or you can do Premiere for $30, which gets you two terabytes of storage, Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple Arcade, Apple News Plus, and Apple Fitness. So that is the only way you can get Apple Fitness. You have to get the Premiere. Um so and what basically oh <clears throat> the apple fitness is basically they get live people to do the workouts for you you like on your phone and you follow along and interact with it so okay. uh keeps you motivated <laughs> and then lastly when you go to the uh, tech side of things they did announce uh a new ipad air comes in five colors they added uh well it's always been space gray silver they have sky blue green and, and of course rose gold coming back uh, nothing new. They have an integrated touch ID on the top bar. It's all pretty much the same. And the iPhone series or the uh, Apple Watch 6 was announced, uh, which is just uh, basically um, works uh, it oxygen levels. It, nothing. That's really new. the only difference. Eh. Yeah, yeah, nothing new. And that's it for your entertainment and kind of techie news. We'll dance on really fast with the birthdays. It's my It's it's Nick Jonas's brother, or he's a Jonas brother. brother. <laughs> he's, he's he's brother. Nick Jonas is twenty seven. He was also in Jumanji. Uh, Alexis Bidel, who was Rory in Gilmore Girls, thirty nine. Uh, Mark Anthony, he is fifty one. He was once married to J Lo. Uh, Leslie Nope, aka Amy Poehler, is forty nine. Tiffany Bonnie Swanson and Samantha Cole, seven. Yeah, whatever. She's 62. That's Jennifer Tilly, by the way. Uh, the Magician Man, David Copperfield, 64. Mary Catherine Gallagher, a.k.a. Molly Shannon, is 56. And Whiplash the Wrestler, a.k.a. Mickey Rourke, is 68. Happy birthday, young ladies and gentlemen. Have a good day. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, we have Animal Tales, sponsored by Rough Riders. Don't go anywhere. After these messages, we'll be right back. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, September 16th. Now, we are all over social media with many of you watching us right now as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. We also rebroadcast every evening on the AUN TV network. That's 13 stations across Northern California and Northern California, uh, <laughs> Northern Nevada. <laughs> Northern California, California and Northern California. Nevada is all Northern. It's all covered in smoke. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me on social media, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot 94. Or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. 
Now, being that it's Wednesday, as we do each and every Wednesday, we're going to take you through Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local dog rescue nonprofit, 501c3, concentrated on the transport of animals from the rural kill shelters into the metro areas, where they work with uh, local shelters and rescue organizations to find them a, a new home, give them a second chance at life. If you want to learn more, head over to RoughRiders.org or head over to facebook.com forward slash rough writers saves with that being said let's get into animal tales dogs and the cats they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles the donkey prays and the pony neighs the old great badger sighs listen to the bass it's a one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to do and the old cow just goes moo It's funny. I'm, I'm I'm watching the uh, Facebook Live, which is delayed by about ten seconds, and uh, just saw Tony getting up and uh, rocking to the song. So it's uh, yeah, got me dancing. You know I wanted to be silly. It's, it's a fun a, it's song. A wacky on a, Wednesday. Yeah, it's a fun <laughs> song on a wacky Wednesday. But... Wacky Wednesday. Here we go. Give it a woo. All right. Let's get into our first story in Animal Tales. <laughs> Now, uh, apparently, uh, these primates have the same affinity for selfies as Tony does. A Malaysian man has said he found monkey selfies and videos on his phone after losing it in the bushes near his house. Computer science student Zach Rhodesy posted the footage to Twitter, including a video that appears to show a monkey trying to eat the phone. Mr. Rhodesy, 20, said he thought the phone had been stolen on Saturday morning from the house in the city of Batu Pahat. This is obviously Malaysia, where he lives with his parents. He found it again on Sunday afternoon outside the home. He told the Standard, quote, At first, when the phone was missing, I have no idea how to accept it since it's too strange. But later, when I opened the gallery, I ran out of words. I have no idea how to describe it because one of the impossible things just happened. I shook and laughed so hard and quickly ran towards my parents to tell them. Now, among the footage and pictures, Mr. Rhodesy has a video of a monkey appearing to bite at the phone, as well as a few blurry photos of the monkey itself. Others include out-of-focus images of trees, plants, and undergrowth. It is not possible to verify how the content came to be on his phone independently. And again, I'm going to post all of these stories onto our Facebook page so you can watch the video for yourself. My only hope is that uh, the phone wasn't locked through face recognition because... uh, you know, if there's a monkey that can unlock the phone with their own face, then uh, I feel sorry for Mr. Rhodesy. Oh, yeah. Mr. Rhodesy, BBB, <laughs> you lost another monkey pick. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so uh, feel free to check it out, but you know what? Monkeys just want to take selfies as well. So it's the way it goes. It's Tony's favorite pastime. Actually, you haven't been doing it as yes. much. You're more of a, a sunset photographer at this point. Lately, yeah, I don't. I feel you know. It's weird as I've gotten older. I I feel kind of like I've got like nine thousand two hundred and seventy five million of them of mm. me. So I'm I'm good at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rare. I do them still, but it's not as much. It's definitely cut way back. All right, people know what you look like at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one. Here's a story straight out of Jurassic Park. Experts at the St. Louis Zoo are trying to figure out how a 62-year-old ball python laid seven eggs despite being near, uh, despite not being near a male python for at least two decades. 
Mark Weiner, manager of herpetology at the zoo, said uh, it's unusual and not rare for ball pythons to reproduce asexually. The snakes also sometimes store sperm for delayed fertilization. The birth is also unusual because ball pythons usually stop laying eggs long before they reach their 60s, Weiner said. Quote, she definitely be the oldest snake we know of in history to lay eggs, noting that uh, she is the oldest snake ever documented in the zoo. The python, which has not been given a name, laid the eggs July 23rd. Three of the eggs remain in an incubator, two were used for genetic sampling, and snakes in the two other eggs did not survive, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported. The eggs that survived should hatch in about a month. The genetic sampling will show whether the eggs were reproduced sexually or asexually, called faculitative wow, parthenogenesis. Wow, that is really hard to say. Good job. The only other ball python in the zoos. Herpetarium is a male about 31. The snakes are now in public view. So uh, just like they said in Jurassic Park, you know, if reptiles and amphibians are are forced to, nature will find a way. Yeah, herpetarian. 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 Let the pythons be. Uh, that's Tony's nightmare. <laughs> Just like Andy, yeah, nope. you hate snakes. Oh, I hate snakes. <laughs> All right, let's finally move on, like on to our last story in Animal Tales. <laughs> All right, Tony. 2020 has brought us the murder hornets. It has brought mm-hmm. us the zombie cicadas. And now yes. we get mosquito clouds. <laughs> Yes, hordes of mosquitoes pushed out of the marsh by Hurricane Laura continue to menace livestock. Quote, the population just exploded in the southwest part of the state, said Jeremy Herbert, LSU Ag Center agent in Acadia Parish. Spraying programs in several parishes have made a big difference, saying the spraying has dropped the populations tremendously. It has made a night and day difference. Herbert said he has talked to several cattle owners who have lost as many as eight head. He also heard of three mosquito-related deaths of horses. The Ag Center Regional Livestock Specialist Vince Dishotel said cattle confined in small holding pastures were starting to show signs of stress made worse by the heat and increasing insect populations. Cattle deaths from mosquitoes are widespread. He said, I lost a bull Friday night. And he said he met four other cattle producers during the weekend who were having to dispose of carcasses as well. Several parishes are conducting mosquito spraying by airplane, and that is proving uh, providing some relief. And, uh, I mean, there's uh, livestock that are being infected by anemia because there are so many mosquitoes that are, uh, you know, just taking blood from these animals. And, uh, you know, if you see a swarm, a cloud of mosquitoes, just run. It sounds like a uh, a bad sci-fi movie like Sharknado. Yeah, it just forget that. I hate mosquitoes in general. Obviously not something I'm scared of, but man, when they bite you, it's so annoying. Like, And you won't even know you got bit until like a day or so later, like when you just happen to rub something then you're like, oh, what the hell? And then once you know it, then... Yeah, it's the, oh, itchy, then- it's the itchy aftermath that you have to deal with. Not yeah. fun. But uh, Ooh. Ooh. so we're dealing with wildfires here on the West Coast, and then the South is dealing with uh, mosquito clouds. <laughs> 
Well, folks, that does it for another edition of Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. When we come back, we've got our segment, 27 Club. If you don't know what it is, you'll want to stay tuned. Quite interesting. We'll be back in a few. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, September 16th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us. Click on the Shows and Podcasts link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, now, in this segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about the 27 Club. Tony, are you familiar with the 27 Club? No, actually, I'm not. You're not? Okay. No. So, uh, it's a little bit of a somber club. Fatality. These are stars. These are big, uh, big name musicians or actors or public figures who have all died at the age of 27, either inexplicably, drug overdose. Ooh, okay. Not from natural causes, needless to say, and it seems to be that that age 27 is that uh, almost mysterious age where, you know, it makes you wonder, did these people make a deal with the devil to, uh, you know, shine as bright as they can until the age of 27 where it all ends? You never know. There's all sorts of mystery that surrounds it, but I wanted to run down some of the names that fall within the 27 Club because it's quite eye-opening. Now, as the, the furthest back case that they know of a 27 clubber is Robert Johnson. The American blues legend made the Mississippi Delta style famous, with it, but his premature death near Greenwood, Mississippi, remains as mysterious as much of his short life. And so he's the one who kicked it off. Later on, we had Rudy Lewis. Do you know Rudy Lewis Tone? Yeah, we're BFFs. We are homies. Good job. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Who <laughs> that, that would make is. you really old if that was the case. Again, Rudy Lewis died at 27. The R&B singer from the Drifters sang lead on such hits as "Some Kind of Wonderful," "Up on the Roof," and "On Broadway." He was found dead in his Harlem hotel room of a suspected drug overdose. So. Uh, Again, you know, it's uh, you're going to see a common theme through a lot of this, but at the same time, there's some weird, mysterious ones. Now, how about uh, the name Brian Jones? No. Brian Jones, uh, you would know the name now if he didn't die at 27. He was the founder and original leader of the Rolling Stones, drowned oh. in the swimming pool of his home in East Sussex, England. So, uh, yeah, before you had uh, Keith Richards and, and Mick Jagger, you had Brian Jones, who started the band, but at the age of 27, died in a swimming pool. Oh, that would be an awful way to go. Yeah, when his band would go on to be big, big time. Wow, did not know that. Yeah, yeah, and he'd still be a part of it if he didn't die of other but, yeah, it was strange his creation, causes. Right? Was he, what, what was he in the band? Was he a singer? Was he... 
You know, it's a good question. All it, it says is, say. yeah, it says original leader. Um, if I remember correctly, and folks, feel free to chime in on our Facebook page. I believe he was the singer before uh, Mick Jagger came in to replace him after his death. If I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It just says the original leader. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, chime in. Let us know if we're wrong, because it happens every once in a while. All right, let's move on with uh, other members of the Unfortunate 27 Club. Fatality. Here's a guy you might have heard of, Tony. How about Jimi Hendrix? Oh, I've heard of Jimi. Definitely heard of him. So. Yep. Well, the rock guitarist died in London of asphyxiation while intoxicated on barbiturates. That's a, three very long, difficult words to say. I'm glad I've got them all out. Asphyxiation while intoxicated on barbiturates. Wow. Yeah, so. I thought he was older than that. And then, obviously, um, you know, being that he was part of the 27 Club, you know, didn't live to be uh, older. But uh, that's the way he looks. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, he definitely looked older than 27 for sure. So. Yep. How about this lady, Tony? Janice Joplin. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Janice Joplin. Yep, also part of the 27 Club, the blues singer died of a heroin overdose at the Landmark Motor Hotel in Hollywood. And uh, like I said, you're going to see drugs sort of running the um, the table on this with a few weird ones as well. Are you a big uh, Janis Joplin fan? Or, uh... No, no I, didn't, I never got into her stuff. Uh, and I don't mean to be rude, but she's kind of a weird-looking lady. <laughs> I'm a weird looking dude, so there you go. Well, it goes to show, you know, uh, in rock music, it doesn't matter what you look like. You know, if you're a famous rock star, you, you know, you can, in her case, you can get guys. If you're an ugly dude, you can get girls. Um, and she apparently had her fair share. Yeah, I guess she did. <laughs> Moving on with our list of 27 club members, how about uh, the Lizard King, Jim Morrison? Oh, yeah. I know he's referred to as the Lizard King. <laughs> I am the Lizard King. Well, he's referred to as the Lizard King from his infamous uh, tales on stage of uh, whipping it out, sort of like you did behind oh. the uh, dumpster. Ah! Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. So the singer, songwriter, and frontman of The Doors was found in the bathtub of a Paris apartment, apparently from an accidental heroin overdose. Hmm. I'm, I'm sensing a trend at 27 there, bud. Just a little bit. Uh, Kendra chimed in. She said that uh, Janis Joplin actually died three weeks after Jimi Hendrix, so those two were uh, pretty close together. Wow. All right. Uh, here's a name that you may or may not know, Tony. How about Ron Pigpen McKernan? I'm Ron Pigpen Burgundy? No. <laughs> he was a founding member of the Grateful Dead. McKernan died of a gastrointestinal hemorrhage at his home in Ooh. Corte Madera, California. So no drugs in that case, but uh, boy, at 27 to die from something like that, not yeah. fun. No. I'm in California and my, 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 my insides are blowing up. <laughs> going from the, Chipotle today. Going from the world of uh, music in the 27 Club to sports in the 27 Club. Fatality. How about the name Reggie Lewis? Mm, 
Sounds familiar, but I, I don't know exactly. Well, he died back in 1993. He was the small forward for the Boston Celtics, suffered a sudden heart attack on the court at after an off-season practice. Huh. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. Here's a guy who definitely didn't die of a drug overdose. Uh, maybe you've heard of him, Tony. Kurt Cobain. Do, 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 do. He didn't have a gun. That's what he said. <laughs> the he singer, came, I thought he just came as he was. Right. The singer-songwriter and frontman of the grunge band Nirvana died of a self-inflicted sh- uh, shotgun wound to the head. I laugh because self-inflicted is often debated. Um, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, mystery behind that one. Uh, there was rumors it was his wife Courtney Love it could have been somebody else who knows who knows it's that deal with the devil yeah all right moving on it's crazy that he was 27 though yep died in 2003 again a member of the 27 club Jonathan Brandis I remember him I forgot about him dying yeah he was in sidekicks and ladybugs and sequests <laughs> and he was also in labyrinth he was a child actor best known for the NBC sci-fi series Sequest DSV committed suicide in his L.A. apartment building. Again, age 27. Very strange stuff. Here's a guy you might know, Tony. Pat Tillman. Yeah, that Pat Tillman was a former Arizona Cardinal football player and then a military uh, hero. He joined the uh, military after that. Uh, I did instead of playing football. Yep. So the star safety for the Arizona Cardinals, who left the NFL after 9-11 to enlist in the U.S. Army, died in in Afghanistan in a case of friendly fire in the midst of a firefight. Oh, that'd be suck to go. um, uh, Your own people shooting you. Yeah, that's it was an accident, but it's just terrible. Just terrible that that's how it went. But, uh, you know what's cool is they still honor him to this day, which I think is really neat. And uh, uh, Michael thinks that uh, it was Courtney Love as well. And yes, Jonathan Brandis was in it. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. He was the... <laughs> Georgie! All right. Moving on, uh, member of the 27 Club, Amy Winehouse. Obviously, we all know that name. The British R&B soul singer yeah. who had a long battle with addiction and drugs, two drugs and alcohol, died of alcohol poisoning at her London home back in 2011. And yeah. uh, again, uh-huh. sad. You know, alcohol poisoning is not the way to go. It's it's uh, it's tough. Addiction is a disease, and uh, we got to stop uh, vilifying people for it. And then finally, as we head into the break, this one breaks my heart. Anton Yelchin, member of the 27 Club, died in 2016. The actor best known for playing Pavel Chekhov on the big screen uh, Star Trek reboot died in a car accident at his L.A. home where uh, when he went to go check the mail, accidentally put the car in neutral, and it crushed him against the gate. So sad. But, uh, folks, that does it for this segment. Members of the 27 Club, a little somber, but at the same time, interesting information. When we come back, we've got our call-in topic of underrated horror movies. We'll see you guys in about seven minutes, just past the top of the hour.
Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Gentlemen, I wash my hands of this weirdness. second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It's Wednesday, September 16th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, you got your zip fizz, you got your smoothie. Other than that, how you feeling? Been doing good, man. It's uh, hour two and uh, ready for the next, uh, the fun call-in topic, the, uh, the not-so-scary movie, or like the underrated scary movie. Yeah, yeah, not not-so-scary yeah, not so scary, but what's underrated? What was scary? <laughs> well, as Tony's alluding to, this is the interactive portion of the show. We want to hear from you guys at the end of this segment at 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255, toll-free from anywhere in the world. Or you can chime in, go to our live video on facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio, and go ahead and type there in the comments. Today we are talking underrated scary movies. Now, uh, we're into September, I mean halfway through, almost exactly halfway through. Over the weekend, Jesse and I started uh, busting out the Halloween decorations. Halloween is definitely our favorite joint holiday together. Uh, it's so much fun. We, I mean, we go overboard in the decorations, and we enjoy watching scary movies, Halloween movies, in the lead up to October 31st. And so, uh, wanted to find out from you guys, what's your favorite underrated scary movie? Now, we're not talking about the big ones. We're not talking about Saw, or Halloween, or Nightmare on Elm Street, or Friday the 13th. We're talking about little-known movies that are scary as hell. And uh, you know what? Maybe they're just really, really good, and nobody really knows about it. So, uh, Tony, want to turn it over to you. What is your favorite underrated scary movie? Uh, well, there's so many that uh, I don't, you know, as weird as it is, I don't watch a whole lot of horror movies. Um, so uh, just kind of thinking something that's kind of underrated. Um, the Witch. I would, yeah, no. def- definitely The Witch. Um, <laughs> no, there's a lot of them out there. I would have to say, um, you know, not thinking the big ones that you, that spawned a million sequels or anything. Um, why don't you just uh, let me know yours? I'm going to just do a trigger here real quick. <laughs> and just see, I, I don't really know that that's not cheesy. So uh, Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm scrolling through a list just to kind of get my juices flowing here for that. Fair enough. Really have one. Mine is a movie that we came across, it was either last Halloween or two Halloweens ago, a movie from 2007 called Trick or Treat. Not Trick or Treat, but Trick or Treat. And it's five interwoven stories that occur on Hollywood on Halloween have a uh, supernatural trick or treater. Basically, it looks like a little kid or a little person in this uh, you know pumpkin shaped uh, scarecrow type burlap mask. Um, 
a lot of fun. Like I said, five different stories that all relate to one another. A couple big name stars in there. You've got Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, Dylan Baker. Um, just so much fun to watch, and it's been a tradition now in our household to uh, watch it every Halloween now, just because it's it's a lot of fun and. It's not overly long. It's an hour and 22 minutes. So, uh, you know, it's not like you're sitting there for three hours waiting for things to happen. It's quick. It's snappy. They get through it pretty quick. And it's got some pretty funny moments as well. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I've, I know exactly what you're talking about on that one. You know, I really watched a lot of, like, the screams. And I know what you did last summer's. You know, the ones that were not super scary. Um, ah, geez, that's... It's so tough for me because they're all like they ended up spawning a ton of sequels and things like that. You know, like I always thought uh, Final Destination 2, that one, that one really freaked me out, um, which I think is kind of scary because it's like that one opening scene. You know how they always had the, the 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 very opening scene was always the biggest part. And that's what led you to it would spin you through uh, the right. story cycle. Uh, well, part two freaked me out. Um just because of that big trucking log scene where the logs flew off and just caused that <laughs> huge ass wreck. Um, that was definitely scary. And I'd say if it was anything recently, that wasn't really a big horror movie. Uh, but the, but the most recent invisible man that actually had some effed up moments in it where it was, it was pretty creepy, even though it wasn't a supernatural monster. It was just a psycho abusive boyfriend or, or husband that could turn invisible and terrorize her and just, Gosh dang that uh, the restaurant scene was just bonkers like for me I was like whoa like I legit out loud whoa so you know for a guy that hasn't seen or doesn't watch too many of them I would probably put it on those they're not very original picks or anything because <laughs> I can only say the big flicks you know I've seen a ton of the big scary movies uh yeah I'll chime in on that one on the uh, the viewer portion but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, you know final destination doesn't really count as underrated uh invisible man might you know it was one of those movies that uh, hit the theaters right as coronavirus was breaking out it was one of the first movies to come to premium video on demand we haven't watched it yet i didn't feel like paying 20 bucks for it but apparently it's hitting <coughs> hbo this month so i'll have a chance to it's watch it a, it's worth a watch for sure it's not like it's scary you know that's the thing there's not there's not too many movies that like scare me or like I'm like, oh, that's a good right. horror film. I don't know. It's well, just, there's not too many for me. And horror movies don't have to necessarily be supernatural. I mean, you look at the Scream movies, which are you know, essentially no. based in reality. Oh, we'll go. We'll go cheesy then. We'll go uh, Joyride. Okay. Because if you think about it, that is kind of freaky because it's a it's a crazy ass truck driver. It's mm-hmm. terrorizing these people all for a stupid little radio joke and literally. Uh, the nightmare that those guys have to go through. Uh, Steve Zahn and uh, Paul Walker and Lily Sabinski was in it. Uh, but I really enjoyed that movie, and it was uh, that was kind of an underrated one. So we'll just go joy ride. That works for me. Why not? Well, folks, we are opening the phone lines now. Give us a call eight four four seven nine zero talk. That's eight four four seven nine zero eighty two fifty five. Toll free from anywhere in the world. We want to hear about your favorite underrated scary movie not the big ones the little ones and uh, when we come back it's all about you guys we'll talk to you soon and we'll see you on the other side
unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, September 16th. Now, we are in the middle of our call-in topic. We're talking about your favorite underrated horror movie. It's funny the uh, involuntary reaction that that uh, sound effect causes on you, Tony. The ah, yeah, every time. <laughs> I just had that all that cheese factor, you know. <laughs> so in the last segment, we gave our picks for underrated horror movies. Now we want to hear from you guys at eight four four seven nine zero talk eight four four seven nine zero eighty two fifty five or chime in on our Facebook page. We do have one caller on hold, but before we get to that caller, you've had a couple people chime in, Tony. What are their picks? I have. Um, obviously, Mike's not a big horror movie guy, so it, Lacey had a couple. Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Ooh, that was a fun um, one. That was a fun one. As Above, So Below is also really good. That I was a good one. That, one. that was the Paris uh, Catacombs. Yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> I, you can chime in. I'm glad. I don't even know what the hell it is. Uh, Ready or Not uh, with uh, Samara Weaving, who we were just talking that about. That was a lot uh, of fun. Break. That was a fun one. That was a uh, messed up flick. Um, and... Then she asked me, "Am I not going? Does that mean I'm not going to go watch The Conjuring Three? It's about the devil's rocking chair. Um, if you want somebody to annoy you during the movie, Lacey, I'm more than happy. To. <laughs> I'll watch I it. Give you witty commentary. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are fun. <laughs> I did see the first Conjuring in uh, theaters. I went on a date with a girl there. She picked it, and we went. So nothing wrong with that. Well, I appreciate you uh, chiming in, Lacey. Let's go ahead and go over to our phone line and find out uh, who our caller is and what their favorite underrated horror movie is. Who are we speaking with? Hey, guys, it's Tim. Hey, Tim. Long time no here. The the best in the past. Stupid work has gotten in my way, and (sighs) I don't get a chance to listen or call as much. That sucks. Work always ruining your day. For real. I'm going to quit just so I can listen and call in all the time. All right. (laughs) Sounds good to me. All right, Tim. Favorite (laughs) underrated horror movie? Another hard one for me to pick because I think horror genre is probably my favorite genre of all time. I always have loved it ever since I was a kid. My favorites are uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, Now, the one that I picked was, was mentioned in the comments, ready or not. I think it's easily my favorite movie of 2019. I love that movie. It's got the perfect oh. mixture of comedy. Um, Samara Weaving is just genius. Watch mm-hmm. her facial expressions. That little goat scream she did during the movie was just <laughs> amazing. That's a great movie. It's funny. Uh, Tony and I were talking in the break about Samara Weaving, and uh, uh, Jesse and I agree that she is the less attractive Margot Robbie, but still extremely attractive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought I, I wouldn't agree with that. I thought I think it was Margot be, Robbie. I think she originally. might be more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I now, think she yeah. might be more attractive just with the, the way her personality and the movies that she's been in lately just really kind of boosts her up a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And speaking Absolutely. of Samara Weaving, you know, the, the reason her name came up was we were talking about uh, The Babysitter on Netflix, which the first one yes. was a yes, 
lot yeah. of fun. The second one watched it over the weekend. It was very disappointing. Yeah, that popped up in my suggested feed last night. I was like, "There's a second one?" Because <laughs> I love that movie too, man. She. That's, I think the first thing I saw her in was that movie that I can remember. That's, I'm sure I've seen her. That was the first thing, thing I but, saw her in, too, um, yeah. Yeah, and I fell in love with her in that movie. Yeah. Now, speaking of fun horror movies, uh, kind of along the same lines of Ready or Not, have you seen Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Yeah, that was a really good one. Oh. That was a really good one, too. Yeah, I that, that one. That good was... mixture of comedy and that. Because I don't, I don't like too many... Okay, if you throw too much comedy in there, that's not fitting for the movie it kind of turns off right but if it fits the movie fits the characters i love it and that's another one where it really fit the characters exactly it was perfect you know bradley whitford and uh you know those whole characters who are orchestrating everything and then uh yeah the movie was filmed uh you know stars one of the stars is chris hemsworth it was filmed before thor but it was released after thor uh, obviously to try and get it uh you know more viewership oh, wow and uh, that's another one. I watch it every year uh, around Halloween time because I, I, I love it so much. I got one more if you guys have time. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, got time. It, another movie that came out. Another <laughs> movie that came out last year. I really like Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep is fun. Now, obviously, it's not uh, the same fun as Ready or Not or uh, Cabin in the Woods, but uh, mm, it no, is a great no. sequel to The Shining, especially forty years later. It did look good. I've actually never seen it. You haven't seen it, Tom? I saw it. I saw it in November um, when we were in Reno for the uh, Reno Pop Culture Con. I had a a night off, so I just went to the theater, watched it by myself, and it was amazing. I love I love Rebecca Ferguson. She's becoming one of my favorite actresses, and she's it's probably her best role. Yeah, she's great. Ewan McGregor is great. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't actually see it until it hit HBO. But, uh, you know, even yeah. in a home theater environment, it's still a, a fun, blockbustery horror movie. Yeah, I definitely yep, wanted I to see it, um, but never made it to the theater to see it for some reason. Eh? Well, if Blacker. you have- when you get HBO, Tony, you can watch it on there. But, uh, there Tim, as always, we appreciate you chiming in both on the uh, Facebook page and, of course, calling as well. And uh, I figured this uh, topic would be right up your alley. <laughs> it sure <laughs> is. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Bye. All right. We are talking your favorite underrated horror movies. Give us a call right now, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255, toll-free from anywhere in the world, or you can chime in on our Facebook Live uh, commentary. Tony, anybody else chime in before I get to this uh, list of uh, lesser-known horror movies that are actually pretty good? Yeah, no, um, Lacey, had, and she had also talked about what we talked about at Samara Weavings and Bill and Ted 3, and she liked Devil's, or uh, Devil's Sleep, Doctor Sleep as well, so. Very cool. De- Devil's Sleep, yeah, no, no one's chimed in either, so you're okay, let's. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> now, uh, Tony, uh, with the other radio show that you do with our friend Jimmy Jones on Sundays, Pop Culture Kaboom, you know, you're not the biggest horror movie watcher, but you do have to watch the trailers and give your impression of how a horror mm-hmm. movie will turn out. Oh, uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a bazillion. 
I can pretty much tell you if, like, when we go through this list, if it's obscure, I've probably covered it at some point. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and start with this one. Uh, did you cover The Wind from 2018? Mm, sounds familiar. Uh, who's in that one, though? Um, doesn't no say. The, the, most of these are going to be no names, but... Uh, okay. Uh, the description says the wind requires a little bit of patience. On paper, it's not your usual horror movie. It's, say, it's set late in the 19th century and follows the lives, lives of Lizzie and her husband Isaac as they settle in an unpopulated part of New Mexico. Another couple, Emma and her husband Gideon, move into a cabin nearby and a tenuous friendship is born. It's also complicated by the fact that Lizzie has been living in paranoia and fear of a mysterious demon ever since her miscarriage months before. The story is told out of order, something that's usually disorienting, but actually works in the wind's favor, and it manages to encompass and execute themes that usually fall flat in horror. Isolation, distance, distrust, religion, and adultery, all wrapped in the lonely, dusty settling, uh, setting of the American frontier comes together in one pot and boil over into a unique and nerve-wracking thriller that's well worth the watch. So, uh, hey, it might be worth checking out. Okay. All right. Uh, here's one, uh, again, maybe it was before your time with Pop Culture Kaboom. Dark Was the Night from 2014. And from the picture here, it looks like Russell Crowe, though it may not be. Says, uh, how many horror films have you seen about loggers? None? Well, Dark Was the Night will make you realize that this is an untapped market and leave you wanting more. Sheriff Paul Fields, your typical ruggedly handsome small-town sheriff, tries to keep the peace when a mysterious creature, something that eats horses and leaves behind strange tracks in the dirt, begins terrorizing the town every night. With a fresh-faced deputy from the big city, the protagonist's own tragic backstory, a little Native American folklore, and an ending that hits you like a punch in the face, Dark Was the Night is a simple, classic horror film that gets the job done. Uh, something you'd be willing to check out, Tone? Nah, I'd skip it. Okay. All right, fair enough. Touch, touch brown. <laughs> uh, Kendra chimed in on the Facebook page. She said, uh, Paranorman might be a cartoon, but it's creepy. I agree. The kids watched it, and I thought, I don't know if they should be watching this. It might be a little scary. <laughs> Is that the one about the ghost dog? And all no, that? no. Perrin, um, that, was the, that was the Tim Burton one. Okay. Blanking on. <laughs> all right. And then, uh, let's see. What do I want to end with? Um, here's one I know you've reviewed on there. The Lodge from 2019. What was your takeaway take from mm -hmm. that? It looked interesting. That was the one where, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, husband and, uh, well, the uh, the dad and his two kids and the new girlfriend go up to this lodge in the mountains, and then he has to go take care of something. I think it's work. Well, then the girlfriend is watching the kids only to realize that this was her childhood lodge, that she was terrorized by a previous uh uh, spirit they used to terrorize her as a kid in the lodge and now that spirit's back and um it looked interesting actually i mean the trailers were kind of vague because it was a lot of snow and it was a lot of screaming and creepy jump scare stuff going on inside this cabin but uh 
I think I gave it a uh, blah, which meant uh, something I would watch at home on a streaming service. So, All right, fair uh, enough. That, that, that does pop up. Well, the description, Jaden Martell, uh, young Bill from the It movies, stars in this mind-bending psychological horror <laughs> flick that starts with a bang and never slows down enough to let you catch your breath. The Lodge follows two young siblings forced to vacation with their father and his new fiance following a tragic death in the family. The Lodge is well-acted, well-written, downright scary, boasting the type of horror you'll be ta- talking about for days after. If you like movies that make you think and test the limits of the genre, this is where you'll want to start. Sounds like a movie I would check out. In fact, uh, I might even pull it up this weekend if I can find it on one of the streaming services. Well, Tone, that does it for our call-in topic of best underrated horror movies. When we come back, we have a segment called Relationship Secrets. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, September 16th. Now, we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever and it's a voicemail line. You know how it works. You leave a message after the beep. No human interaction necessary. For instance, maybe you want to chime in on your favorite underrated horror movie and just didn't have a chance to during the live segment. There is still time to do so. The number for the Phoenix line is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, Tony, I wanted to talk about relationship secrets. And uh, every relationship has its secrets you know people keep things from each other and we're not talking about the big secrets you know you cheated on somebody you accidentally murdered somebody in your backyard uh, whatever it may be (laughs) we're we're talking about the wholesome secrets these are the little secrets you keep from your partner uh, just because you know whatever the reasoning might be uh tony obviously you were married in a previous life you've had some relationships Anything come to mind as far as a, a wholesome secret that you kept from your partner? Well, yeah. When you're planning uh, to take her out to a romantic dinner or you have uh, a big surprise plan, whether it's, uh, you know, we did a surprise party once for her and uh, you kind of had to keep that under wraps and you kind of had to tell white lies and things so you didn't tip your uh, hat uh what you were doing so yeah that would be something that i've done um for her surprise party and and you know a few anniversary dinners here and there you always wanted to keep it on the surprise level so hey that's sweet and that's thoughtful and ladies he's single so just keep that in mind you can always reach out to him. <laughs> um, I appreciate a little plug there. <laughs> the, the one that comes to mind for me is, uh, again, it's no secret. I have a sweet tooth. I love my sweets. And uh, I'm a little OCD about them. I, you know, it's, it, it's always a little frustrating when people get into your, your stash of, of food. And, 
you know, uh, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I don't have to deal with it now, but uh, I used to hide little sweet treats, whether it was a, a small pack of cookies or, you know, a little donut somewhere, so that way I could have one when necessary. But uh, Jessie's on her uh, keto thing, which she's doing awesome with. Uh, she's enjoying it, and uh, she's not even thinking about sweets at this point. But uh, that was sort of a wholesome secret that uh, I've always kept, regardless of the uh, relationship, just because I'm kind of weird about sweets and uh, OCD about them, and that's just the way it is. Well, that's good. I remember um, <laughs> a long time ago in that past life, there would uh, be like almond joys I really enjoyed at the time, and uh, I still like them. I just I don't eat a lot of sweets, but um, when I did, I had to be in a mood for them, and I'd have them there and then it'd be like the one time i wanted to go eat him somebody in the house would eat him and i'd be so pissed just like why didn't i hide him better right right. and (laughs) and it's a stupid thing to get upset about but at the same time it's like you know i i had those i was looking forward to it now it's yeah it's finally because you're like oh it's in the fridge Well, I've got a few stories here of wholesome relationship secrets that, uh, again, you know, it's nothing, you know, uh, uh, breakup worthy, nothing divorce worthy. It's it's just little things that, uh, you know, it happens in a relationship. For instance, so several years ago, one of our outside cats went missing, my wife's favorite. She was pretty upset. I had actually found the cat that morning and discovered what had actually happened to it. The facts and circumstances leading to its death would upset her tremendously. She still thinks to this day the cat was taken by a rogue coyote or something when in reality she had incidentally backed over it in the darkness of morning when leaving for work. I've never been able to bring myself to tell her and never will. I felt awful for her. I even feel awful telling the internet about it now, and it's been years. And so, yeah, the wife had accidentally run over her favorite cat. And uh, good on the husband for, uh, you know, it, it, it went away to a farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're talking wholesome relationship secrets. Moving wholesome! on. My ex-girlfriend had a few too many shots of tequila in a party and passed out on the couch. When I went to check on her, I noticed she peed all over the couch. To avoid (laughs) embarrassment, I filled up a bucket with water and threw it over her to disguise it as a prank. I'm that kind of boyfriend. She still has no idea. Good idea. That's smart. You know, that actually reminds me to this day, and she doesn't listen, so that's probably okay. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but But a past girlfriend I may have had recently... Um, on was it maybe ours? We went to, and saw that '80s band, and uh, afterwards, I mean, she had a little too much to drink, and uh, she ended up uh, like, like I I asked if she was fine. Hey, yeah, I'm fine. And then she, like, um, I didn't realize she had done this because I was focusing on driving, and she was very quiet about it. But uh, she had puked all over the side of my. Uh, the car door like just in, but, inside or outside in, inside the car but it didn't Oof. make no like no noise or anything so you know i get her out and i, I walked her in got her home and everything and it wasn't until i was commuting this one i was still commuting up to fort collins and i was just like what the hell is that smell in the <laughs> hey it was rank and uh yeah it was all over my 
over the door there but to this day i never told her that that she did it i just was like oh i cleaned it and didn't say nothing and hopefully there's no residual smell but uh, yeah you know sometimes you just want to to help your partner avoid embarrassment yeah yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't do that this is what i'm saying i'm not with her anymore so (laughs) what do i care (laughs) all right moving on with uh, wholesome relationship secrets Uh, this one's a little bit longer so uh, hang in there says my wife has a beautiful heart i jokingly call her a disney princess because any animal that she comes across she has to talk to and greet she was she has cried by seeing a dead raccoon on the side of the road before. At the time, I was working day shift, and she was working a swing shift. I had a busy day, but I saw she sent me some pictures of a young doe that was eating in our front yard. She seemed thrilled. I came home and saw the same deer. Dead. On my damn porch. I felt like I started to hear the first 48 theme playing as I realized I have six hours to get rid of this thing before my wife gets home and her world is shattered. I call my local city authorities thinking they wouldn't want a dead animal in the middle of town. Turns out they couldn't care less. I called some local raptor shelters to see if they could take a start uh, a stat donation, but it turns out the dead deer business is booming and they didn't have a need for donations at the time, especially in the next six hours. Frustrated, I call my dad to vent and get advice on what to do. His response is only a, hold on, bud, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I go back inside to take care of the dogs, and within the next 15 minutes, I see my dad back his huge truck into my backyard, has the tailgate down, and is knocking on my door with a pair of nitrile gloves on and a pair in hand for me. It was starting to get dark out, but we had the thing loaded up and found a special place to dispose of it. We made it back with 20 minutes to spare before my wife got home. I haven't told my wife because I think it would either break her heart or creep her out how efficiently my dad can dump a body. Anyway, (laughs) wifey thinks her dear friend is alive and well and totally not at the bottom of a ravine. (laughs) (laughs) So again, you know, most of these wholesome relationship secrets are are just to spare the feelings or, or, uh, you know, help cover up an embarrassment that uh, you know may have happened so you know sometimes secrets are good obviously not the big ones yeah you don't want to keep the big ones a secret it's better to talk about those and uh discuss but uh yeah these little ones probably just some better you you don't need to know exactly it's it's harmless yeah you're good all right and then closing out this segment uh with a story says uh i knew he was going to propose The man is so easy to read, he's my open book. I love that about him. He wears all his emotions on his face. He'll plan a trip for my birthday months in advance, but then be so excited and proud about surprising me that he has to tell me straight away or make me guess where we're going. He's not so cracking at surprises, so he's always so proud of himself that he surprised me that one time and that I had no idea. Except I did. I heard him talking to his granddad about the ring and saw the heart-shaped lump in his pocket. Plus, he'd been talking about marriage all the time, (laughs) thinking he was being sly. (laughs) I'll take it to the grave. It honestly makes him so happy, and he'd be so disappointed with himself if he thought he'd given it away. God, I love that man. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to keep little harmless wholesome secrets from your uh, significant other especially if you're planning something that uh, will create joy for him oh yeah absolutely i just thought about that oh that little heart-shaped thing in his pocket you know. <laughs> but what is he the type of guy that's like hey babe guess what guess what 
Wait, I don't even care what you say. We're going to Disneyland. That's right. We're going to Disneyland. Seven days. I already bought the flights. It's all good. Woo, woo. I'm going to take you out. We're going to Olive Garden tonight. Breadsticks for everybody. Woo. Could oh, be. by the way, I'm going to propose to you tomorrow. I'm just saying. <laughs> just no slip it in. No, sup- no surprises with this face right Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for this segment of Wholesome Relationship Secrets. When we come back, we're heading into the final segment of the show, dropping a little knowledge, hopefully making you laugh a little bit. It is this day in history. Don't go anywhere. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. We are halfway through the week, but we're to the last segment of this show. It is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Wednesday, September 16th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us. Click on the shows and podcast link. Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? No, but Taylor Hansen is. <laughs> that one's for you, Lori. <laughs> right, Seven... Seven kids! His sperm is God. I mean, whew, yeah. that guy's just pumping He's making out. making babies like crazy. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> While you guys are over there, be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. And in Taylor Hansen's case, he's sharing a lot. Yeah, he is! <laughs> Well, folks, uh, being that it is the final segment of the show, as we do each and every day, we're going to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh a little bit. It is This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. This Day in History, with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Appreciate it, sir. Are you still laughing about Taylor Hanson, Tony? Yeah, I was, yeah. On break, I was scrolling through the uh, Facebook feed, and I saw Lori posted and... Yeah, your comment was, I stared at this picture for like 20 minutes, and I didn't know who the hell Taylor Hansen was, and <laughs> her response with the little emoji with like the straight eyes. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I did that just... That's, that's why, yeah. So I figured instead of always saying yes or something stupid when you ask if I'm a god, I decided to throw something random. There you go. You. Yeah, I did that just to get a rise out of her, knowing how much of a Hanson fan she is. But uh, <laughs> again, we digress. So uh, let's get into this day in history. This day in 1847, the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust buys the Bard's Birthplace in Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, is that is it the same for Avon makeup? Avon calling. I don't know. Maybe Shakespeare wore a little bit. Uh, maybe in the plays. Uh, that's where the whole Avon uh, calling came from. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1859 in Lake Nyasa, which forms Malawi's boundary between Tanzania and Mozambique, is discovered by British explorer David Livingstone. Mr. Livingstone, I presume. Uh, I would assume it was probably discovered by the natives of that area far before that, but uh, you know they're accrediting him with the first Westerner to discover that lake. 
Wow. Yep. That that's a crazy discovery there. <laughs> this day in 1901, French painter Paul Gauguin settles in Atuana in the Marquesas Islands. I don't know where that is. Uh, Paul Gauguin is uh, an Impressionist painter. Um, think Van Gogh. Um, and again, one of these people who didn't make any money while they were alive, and now their paintings are worth a ton now that they're dead. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like, as And that's still true to this day when uh, people pass away, unfortunately. Uh, the stuff seems to go higher priced, and it just goes right up. Well, it was like what we were talking about earlier with the 27 Club. I think... Uh, what was it? Uh, Kurt Cobain's acoustic guitar from the uh, MTV Unplugged sessions was a record-breaking uh, auction buy at something like $13 million just because he died in a tragic way. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, moving on with this day in history. This day in 1906, Douglas Mawson, Edgeworth David, and Alistair McKay claim to have discovered the magnetic South Pole in Antarctica. Um, is there a difference between the magnetic South Pole and just the regular South Pole? Yeah, the uh, the one South Pole is very normal because that's where, you know, the polar bears are, and the other one is very magnetic, <laughs> where death magnetic plays on loop all day. <laughs> Thank you for stating the obvious tone. Can always yeah. count on you for that. Yeah, absolutely. This day in 1920, the Wall Street bombing occurs at 12:01 when a horse-drawn uh, wagon explodes on Wall Street, killing 38 and injuring 143. Boy, even then they had uh, drive-up bombs before the age of cars. Jeez, Louise so on a horse. Yeah, I'm the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> that was a that was a piss poor taste joke. Sorry. It wasn't even funny, and then it was just in poor fashion. It wasn't good. <laughs> this day in 1937, the now-defunct Redskins, now the Washington football team, NFL franchise, played their first game in Washington at Griffith Stadium, defeating the New York Giants in their season opener 13-3. to And I think you were saying the other day, Tony, that they may stick with Washington football team. Yeah. That's what uh, Dan Snyder said. They are kicking the wheels on uh, just keeping it <clears throat> as the Washington football no. team. Uh, awful, awful. Rebrand that franchise. Ditch the color. Reinvent yourself. Be something new. Right, right. Like I said before, they own the trademark to the Washington Warriors, which is a much better name than even the Redskins. Yeah. Way better than the football team. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they could have... I think you can still do like, uh, I don't know, they, we could go on a long rant, but I think anything's better than the generic. I feel, again, like I'm playing Tecmo Bowl, and it's a generic team that didn't get the rights and license to use the team. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty bad. Though they did put a whooping on the Eagles this weekend. but that's hey, The Eagles fell apart, man, because when I started <laughs> that game, the Eagles were up 17 nothing. So they uh they they walloped uh 20 what was it 27? 27 17 at the end yeah so they did 27 unanswered points yep. by that washington football team good coach though oh yeah i will give him that ron yeah. Rivera is a great coach and we could talk football all day but right now we're talking this day in history this day in 1963 the outer limits premieres on abc were you ever an outer limits fan tone i never actually watched it i'm I've heard of it 
seen previews, seen tra- trailers, not really previews, but uh, never actually sat down and watched it. Outer Limits was similar to Twilight Zone. I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan. Would watch yeah, it every like uh, Thanksgiving holiday. They would run a marathon. Outer Limits just never quite held a candle to the Twilight Zone. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. This day, in 1972, Penny Marshall appears on the Bob Newhart Show uh, in an episode called "Fly Unfriendly Skies." And Penny Marshall, world famous actor. Uh, director is probably what she's most known for and the bob newhart show was a groundbreaking just hilarious show bob newhart still alive still making us laugh yeah was penny marshall also in uh, laverne and shirley she was okay all right this day in 1973 buffalo's juice yes oj simpson rushes for a then nfl record of 250 yards in buffalo's 31 to 13 win at new england yeah, crazy good football player for his time. Obviously, his off-field antics will always uh, take precedence over anything he's done as an NFL. But uh, for the time, you know, uh, great, uh, great running back. Absolutely. This day in 1978, filming on Monty Python's Life of Brian begins. Uh, they had a, a trio of films, really, that are iconic. I love Life of Brian. So much fun to watch. Yes, the Holy Grail, of course, is the the popular, popular one. But Life of Brian is good. And what was the uh, other one? The, uh, the Meaning of Meaning Life. of Life, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Here's one for you, Tone. 1983, Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes a U.S. citizen. That's right. I'm officially an American citizen one day. I will run for the governor of California. And during my time, gas prices will be at low time. And there will be no smog. Wait, that's not true. Gas prices will still be high. There will be smoke. But I tell you what, I will be the governor. I will retire <laughs> and then come back and make a few crappy Terminator movies. That's right. <laughs> and then finally, this day in 1984 was the first broadcast of Miami Vice. Just an iconic Ooh. show of the 80s. Doesn't really hold up this, you know, in these. <laughs> no, it's cheesetastic. But for the time, that's what it was, you know. Uh, just. Really cheesy music intro with the synthesizer and uh, oh yeah yeah the Don pastels and... <laughs> oh a lot of pastels man all right pastels. Tony for holidays today we had a the auctioneer rundown yesterday it's going to be another one of those days today holidays here we go it is Anne Bradstreet Day it is International Day for the Preservation of the Ozone Layer Day it is Mayflower Day it is Mexican Independence Day National Guacamole Day National Collect Rocks Day National Day and Prayer of Remembrance of Victims of Hurricane Katrina Day National Cinnamon Raisin Bread Day Step Family Day National Stay Away from Seattle Day I'm good with that. <laughs> National Tattoo Story Day, National School Backpack Awareness Day, World Play-Doh Day, Working Parents Day, Teenager Workout Day, a Trail of Tears Commemoration Day, and Wrinkled Raincoat Day. Whew, that was a mouthful. Folks, that does it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow, Thursday, brand new episode with Florida Man. Until then, have a wonderful Wednesday.